G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Felicia Lima. Hello, how are you? G'day, good, thank you, Phil. Lovely to be here. I got the pronunciation of your name right. You did well. It's a tricky name, so It's a beautiful name. Oh, thank you. It means happiness. Oh, really? Felicia. Yeah. Means happiness. Happiness. Oh, what a great name. I will, yes. But I understand you were kind to your children and gave them less less (laughs) difficult to pronounce, or or easier to pronounce names. We did, we did. I've got Josh, because I thought that was easy. You (laughs) You can spell Josh. Uh, Isabella. So, Belle, okay. again, easy, and then Amelia. So, I guess you could get that wrong, but it's pretty common now. Josh, Belle, and Amelia. Yeah. They're yeah, wonderful names too. Oh, thank you. Your husband's name? Is Murray. Murray. You can't mess that up either. No, in Australia you can't. I'm told he went to the States to study for a couple of years and they found it hard. Yeah, they would in some places. Yeah, so he, he gets Muzz. Muzz. <laughs> How very Australian. Yeah. Now, uh, you've got a very interesting background and story. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to learning a bit about you today because it's the first time we've met. So thank you for coming in for starters. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, you're part of a church leadership team at a C3 church. That's right, yeah. Uh, on the Gold Coast. Yeah, that's right. What do you do there? Yeah, look, we uh, as a family, we worship together at C3 at Pimpamar. And and look, it's a very it's a small church. Our pastor works full time. And so Murray and I have come alongside the pastor and the pastoral team to do whatever we can. You know, you get involved in music and yep. offerings and communion. And, and this year we're helping out with messages as well. So we're jumping in and, and doing a message at least once a month so that our pastor can have some time off. It's hard work being a pastor. Yeah, it is hard work. It's funny you say your pastor works full-time because most of them work more than full-time. Well, (laughs) it's true. But, you know, what different dynamic does that bring into the mix? Because a lot of pastors actually work full-time just in the church, but what you're saying is that he's got a job out there somewhere doing something else. Yeah, that's right. Do do you think that actually equips him in a different way than actually just being in the church all the time? Look, I always think it's an advantage for us in the church environment to have a pastor who's working. It's obviously in small churches, it works in big churches. You need a pastor full time to be completely focused on the ministry, which is fantastic. But it's so great to have someone who's working and they understand the demands that are on working Mm. professionals. Mm. um, Because I think so many of us, that's where we're called. We're called to be out there working nine to five or whatever it is nowadays. Not many people work straight nine to five jobs, but there's a lot of challenges in that environment. And so if you've got someone who's in that environment and working and they can really relate to that, to when they're teaching and preaching and, and being part of the ministry in the church. Yes, everything's a sermon illustration, I'm, I I'm sure. So. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it doesn't make tents, does he? No, but that's exactly right. Yeah, some tent making going on there. Yeah, that'd be a very biblical thing to do. <laughs> Sunday morning together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. My guest and co-host this morning, Felicia Limmer. And uh, she's part of a uh, church on the Gold Coast, married to Murray, got a young family, and used to work for Baskin Robbins, apparently. Oh, that's uh, true, I did, yes. What was that like? Uh, look, Did you get to sample a product? A lot. Yes, no, it's very good. I remember, actually, I, when I went to the job interview there, I wasn't a huge ice cream fan, and they asked me what my favourite flavour was. 
and I hadn't been in to a store. <laughs> I always tell my students now, gee, at least go and uh, check out the girl. Vanilla. Uh, yeah, well, I, I said Hokey Pokey and then I thought it's an American brand. They might not even have Hokey Pokey. <laughs> Thankfully they did and I got the job. But lots of ice cream. Ice cream cake became a bit of a favourite wow. because they used to train people to make them on site. So I always made sure I was there that day. Yeah. What's your favourite flavour, Phil? Oh, that's too hard. Um, oh. I, I must actually just a really good quality vanilla. Really? Yep. You can tell a lot uh, a, about a person by their favourite flavour. A, yeah. a good one, though. Like, not just Peter's or anything. I mean, they're okay. nice, but, but a, a nice Gourmet. one. Gourmet. Yeah, nice one. Expensive one. <laughs> like at Baskin-Robbins. They're not cheap. No. Okay, so how did that prepare you for what you're doing today? Oh, that's a great question. I think uh, one of the good things about working for a franchise organisation is you get a lot of chance to work with very with a lot of different stakeholders and people. Mm. And so I loved that opportunity to be creative to think differently, um, to put together packages of ideas and we're pr- promoting ice cream, which, you know, for what it's worth, people love ice cream. Mm. We used to sell, say that, and it is true, you look for the benefit of what you're selling. And so with ice cream, what are you selling? You're not just selling ice cream, selling little no. moments of happiness, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, it's the experience. Yeah, it's a joy moment it's for you. It's a hot you. day, you know. Yeah, even by yourself or with a family, you're selling joy. So that's really good. And I think that's what's carried with me, no matter what you're doing in the gospel, what is it that we're actually selling? Selling is probably not the right word. Yeah, it's there, not quite the right what word. Are what are we communicating? Yeah, yeah. What is it that we? What is the benefit of salvation? And that's really good to think through. What is the benefit for the person you're sitting in front of mm. when you're talking to them? And so, as we're preparing messages or as we're talking about God to people, um, He is so many different things to them. And what is the one thing that's most important to them at that point of time? What's the benefit mm. of salvation for them? Well, the benefit ultimately is restoration of relationship 100%. with God. Uh, you know, that's that's for the. F- for the future, if you like, yeah. eternity. But even today, the benefit for us is actually when we tap into him and into his way of thinking, yeah. it actually frees us and opens our life up in an amazing way. That's that same revolutionary piece we just talked about, you know, with Greg Laurie and that uh, the movie that's coming out. Yeah, it's amazing when you consider all those different facets of salvation. You know, for some, he's the healer. And that's the thing. If your body's sore, it's hard to think about anything else, isn't it? So when Christ can be the healer for you and heal your body, or if you're in fear and frustration, you know, he's that peace. So it's all of those different elements. For me, the thing that came alive to me was that he could lead and guide me all day, every day. Mm. And that he, that you don't have to go through life alone. But imagine if God could actually lead and direct your steps all the way through your life. How awesome is that? Well, do you remember, was there a moment where you just had the penny drop on that? Yeah, look, it was. I was in a service. My mum and dad our pastors were pastors and so I grew up in church but when I was 19 they had a, a visiting preacher come through and he ran a, a series of meetings about how to be led by the Holy Spirit what it was to hear God's voice and I'd never really I guess when your dad talks to you you don't really listen to you even if he is the pastor uh, so he may have been already preaching this I don't know but when this outsider came in and preached and said you know what You've got the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and He's a voice, yeah. and He'll lead and guide. That for me was revolutionary. That's so funny. Every parent can relate to that, I'm sure. Definitely. You, know, you tell your kids something a hundred times, and then somebody else comes along and says the same thing, and they're like, "Oh, wow, that's incredible! That's a great idea." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. This is Sunday morning together, and uh, very shortly we'll be taking communion together, uh, as we normally do uh, around this time. Now is a good time for you to prepare your heart, prepare, if you can, some elements to join us that represent the body and blood of Christ. Uh, If you're driving your car or something this morning, you can be part of this too. Just lean forward, bring your heart as we remember, and we also declare the finished work of Christ on the cross. Worship, conversation, prayer and teaching. This is Sunday Morning Together.
on Vision Christian Radio. So if you have some uh, elements there to represent the body and blood of Christ, just have them ready. My guest and co-host this morning is Felicia Limmer, and uh, she gets to lead us in communion. So it's over to you. Thanks so much, Phil. Such a privilege. Communion is one of those times that I always think one of the most special parts of a service. So so thrilled to be able to speak with you about this this morning. And one of the things I was preparing this, it was reminded of, was uh, was Easter. Because we've just had Easter. And the, the kids and I and Murray, we have a little tradition on Good Friday that we've been taking Passover together. And now it's not very traditional, our Passover. We had ice cream cake on Friday, uh, so it doesn't count as very traditional, but certainly is something the kids are now asking for. We do have a roast lamb and we have some veggies and they have some sparkling apple juice and we spend some time really, the time to uh, centre ourselves for the Easter weekend on the real purpose and the real story behind Easter. And I find it fascinating that Jesus um, chose or that it was chosen for him by God, that God chose the weekend of Passover for this time when he was going to go through and and die and then be resurrected for us because obviously there's a great connection between the two. And that very first Passover, we see a moment of time where the Egyptians um, had had the Israelites in slavery for 430 years and this was just before they were about to be released. And it's such an incredible time. And then the Israelites, they didn't have the book of Exodus. They didn't know what was going to happen. They weren't reading it like we were. They were living it. But this was the night before they were about to be released. And at this time, Moses has given them some instructions. They've had to get a lamb. They've had to slaughter the lamb together as a sacrifice. And now they've put the blood of the lamb around the doorpost to their home. And this blood marked them. It marked them for God. And it meant that night when death was going through Egypt and the firstborn across all of Egypt would die, those Israelites were marked for salvation, marked by the blood of a a lamb that had, had roamed around them. And then we skip forward and we skip forward and we can see Jesus and it's the night before he's going to be betrayed and he's having the Passover meal to reflect on this moment with his disciples. And during it, he gives some unusual instructions and he says, and I'll just turn there in Corinthians, um, Paul retells the story and he says here, now everybody, he gets some bread and he breaks it. He says, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And what is he saying? He's saying, now this is a new covenant. You've had the Passover lamb that's marked you and there's been various sacrifices that was instigated after that time with blood would would cover you for a period of time. But now my blood is actually going to mark you for all time. And as a result of that, this bread is going to represent a new way of doing this, that as you... You eat together and as you break the bread, or if you're sitting at home today, you might have a cracker. I know when we did home church during COVID, my kids would have chips. Whatever it is that you're using right now, you're breaking it. And you're remembering that the body of Christ was broken, that your body could be whole. That right now you're marked for salvation of your body and your mind and your will and your emotions. If you've got fear or you've got turmoil or you've got pain in your body, this is a moment to actually stand and reflect and to, to grab onto that as you're taking the bread. And then he also took a, a drink. He had wine uh, and apple ties in our family or Coke it's been during COVID, whatever it is that you've got that you could drink. It's a reminder that there's a new covenant based on better promises. An agreement confirmed by my blood is how Jesus put it. Do this to remember me as often as you drink. And, and what was that? In Hebrews it says here, Jesus um, opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. 
Therefore, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. How beautiful is that, that reflection that we are marked forever by the cross. And as we take communion, this is a moment where we reflect on that and we take a moment to say, if there's anything in my life that is allowing death to reign, or there's a piece of me that's not reflecting the price that was being paid, let's not take that on me anymore. And so we're going to pray, and as we do, I'd just love you to take a moment and think of the great price that was paid and what was bought for you. So we'll take the the, the bread or whatever it is that you're representing the bread with, and, and let's pray. Father, right now, we thank you for your son Jesus. Thank you that he died and he broke his body, that our body may be whole. As we take this bread across the country, we now ask you for your healing in our bodies, that you would remind us of that healing power, Lord, and as it goes in, that our bodies and our minds would be renewed and that once again we would, we would be part of your salvation. Thank you, Lord. And then he took the cup. And as you take your cup, we'll pray again. Father, we thank you for this cup that represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. We thank you right now that as we take it, we are reminded that we can stand before you as if sin never existed. We take this and we remember the price that was paid so that we could be whole. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Sunday Morning Together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Phil's my name and Felicia Limmer is my guest and co-host this morning, not only involved in ministry, uh, is also involved in teaching people at uh, Christian Heritage College, CHC. We'll get mm-hmm. to that in just a bit. But you're a podcaster too for kids. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The Quick Sticks Bible Stories podcast, yes. five minutes, aimed at uh, kids that, you know, maybe in the car, going to school or around the breakfast table to hold their attention. How long have you been doing that? Yeah, look, I uh, I wrote it back when my kids were little because I really wanted them to learn more than just the, the key Bible stories. You know, you, you have a get a kid's Bible and there's David in there and a bit of Noah and, and, and you go through about 20 and you're done, really. But the Bible has so many heroes mm. who we're going to meet in heaven one day and I wanted my kids to be ready. So I sat down over, I don't know, about a year and probably was about seven or eight years ago now when they were quite little and wrote these little three to four minute versions of the Bible stories. Okay. And last year, the kids were excited and they recorded podcasts with me of all of them. So, so it's you and your kids. Me and my kids, yeah. Ah. So it was great because I never, I said to them at the beginning of the year, you know, I've got these all written out. Would you like to record them as podcasts? It's a big effort. There's almost 200. And the kids were so excited. <laughs> so we sat down every week and we'd do five together and different kids will jump on for different stories and they're all recorded and it's exciting to see it together. So question without notice here. Can you know? Can you, does one spring to mind as being this really stands out? Or how would you approach it? What what yeah. does it sound like? Yeah, look, we we start them all. The kids actually started loving to start them off, but we just say, you know, this is welcome to Quick Sticks, quick Bible stories for the everyday. And I'm here with, and the kids will jump in. And sometimes the kids will introduce me, Josh, my uh, my middle child. He loves to say this is his podcast. He'll say, welcome to my podcast. I'm Josh, and this is my mum who's just <laughs> yeah. joining me for the day. So there's different. It's quite fun, um, and I love it. I mean, we've done somewhere. There's quite a few outtakes, as you can imagine, Phil, where the kids <laughs> we've made mistakes, and it's been quite funny. But I 
I love the ones where the kids tell um, the, the salvation story and they finish it up and they'll wrap up the story and tell the, the moral of the story in, you know, in, in 10, 20 seconds. And those are the times that most excite me because mm-hmm. you can see the kids taking it on board. and They've got it. They've got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. So uh, quick, if you've got young kids or grandkids or whatever, quick yeah. sticks. Um, if you're New Zealand, it would be quick stocks. Quick stocks. <laughs> <laughs> quick sticks. Uh, Bible stories, and that's pretty much wherever you get podcasts, you'll find those, I, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, so. we've got it on Facebook and Instagram, and we post them each day, school days. So it's during school days. Okay, just school days. Yeah, because that's for me, as a parent, it's difficult to do something every day of the week. Yeah. And on school holidays, we get out of routine. Yeah. So we did them school days. And oh, if we could do that, then that's an achievement, I think. That's really good. Quick sticks Bible stories. I, I might have to go and have a listen to some of those myself. I oh, might learn do. something. You never please know. Do. All right, uh, stick with us. We're going to learn a little bit about who is this young lady sitting across the uh, desk from me uh, at the moment. You ready for a bit of storytelling? Oh, indeed. Love it. This is Sunday Morning Together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Let's start at the beginning. Where, where was that for you? You alluded earlier on that it was uh, not the 80s, but a little earlier. <laughs> Just a little bit before the 80s. Uh, yes, and look, you mentioned before a Kiwi accent. In New Zealand, I was actually born in New Zealand. You know, I the reason why I threw that in, I, oh. I heard one particular word you said before. No. And when we were talking about ice cream, you said hokey pokey. Hokey pokey. And I thought, she's a it. Kiwi. That's, I mean, along with half of Australia, it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was born in Wellington, New Zealand. Ah, windy Wellington. Yes. And I still remember feeling like I was going to get blown off the edge of the hill walking mm. to school. That's my only real memory of Wellington. And then mum and dad had an opportunity to come over here for business when we were, I was about eight. So mm-hmm. it was early, um, yeah, early years. And when they came over, um, they joined a church, which is fantastic. I really appreciate that mum and dad did that. They sought out a church straight away mm. to get us really settled, and they chose a church where there was good kids' facilities and people that we could become friends with. So okay. they did a great job. And you have siblings? Have Yes, there's four of us all together. So I've got two older brothers and a little sister. Okay. Yeah. Two boys, two girls. So. Yeah, mum planned very well. Yeah, that's very balanced. Very. Very, very balanced. balanced. So your parents sought out a church. Does yeah. that mean you grew up in a, a Christian home? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm very blessed. I mean, how awesome is that to be able to say? So grew up. From early years, always knowing God, always going to church. Mum and Dad took on a church that they were there was a satellite church back then. It wasn't quite so cool, and nowadays there's lots of that happening. Mm. But they started the the church we joined started a satellite church in our home when I was uh, just about to start high school, I think, maybe mid primary school. And Mum and Dad became pastors fairly soon after that. Right. Yeah. What are your early memories of your Christian experience or maybe a, a hmm. scripture or something you know, that, that sticks with you? Yeah, look, I remember as a child standing beside Dad who had a booming voice singing and lifting my hand up. And I also remember asking God to come into my heart about 20 times. Every time <laughs> I just remember there must have been a period of time where they would do altar calls and every time my You're hand there. would go straight up and yeah. I'd... Right, got to make sure. Um, so <laughs> I think those are the things that really mark me and lots of really fun Christmas events and things where we got to act and be on stage. Yeah, sounds sounds really good. Lots of fun. So, okay, teenage years, what was that? A lot of people that kind of is a time of searching and maybe going off the rails a bit or what have you. What, what did it look like for you? Yeah, look, I'm, again, very blessed. The church that mum and dad started didn't have a big youth group, um, but I found that I was able to connect with some really strong Christians through. We went to a state school, mm-hmm. but there was a really great 
Baptist church in the area. And so they would all go along to the Baptist church youth group and they had a choir. And so my weekends were really spent at the Baptist church and in their events and going to choir and going on a tour with them and being involved in everything there was to have there. So mm. between dad's church and these and this other group of, of young Christian friends, it was actually a really exciting time. Mm. I mean, always challenging as being a teenager and trying to work out what you're doing, mm. what you're going to do. But um, no, it was wonderful. Yeah, it is a challenging time. So when school finished, what, what did you do? What did you decide? Yeah, look, I started a speech therapy degree. Right. Yeah, so I did six months of speech therapy. And then, I, as I mentioned before, Dad had this, this minister come through and we had these sort of six weeks of, uh, sorry, six days of, of, of messages with, um, with him. Whose name is escaping you? That's all right. (laughs) Sorry, Phil. Um, So we spent some time in in these services, and at the during that service, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Right, and that was the time when I just I really heard for the first time God's voice, or knew that I was hearing God's voice. Mm. And uh, at the end of the messages, at the end of this this group of meetings, the pastor said to me, "Hey, we've got a Bible school." not far away here on the Gold Coast, called Rhema. And I've been speaking to our head pastor. They'd like to offer you a scholarship to come if you'd play flute for us. And and I said, yes. Mm. So I went and deferred my degree and went off to Bible school. Okay. And you play the flute? I do. Wow. Yes. Anything else? Uh, a little bit of keyboard and right. a little bit of singing. Okay. Yeah, Just not all at the same time. That would be No, it would be a bit of a challenge. <laughs> Although I've tried, I've tried pretty close. <laughs> So Rhema Bible College, which of course Rhema means the inspired word of God. That's true. Greek word. Yeah. Is that really what happened for you? Did the did the word of God come alive there? Yeah, look, and I say to my kids and anyone who asks, it's a great investment as a young person to go to Bible school mm. because you end up with about six years worth of messages in two years, probably even more than that, yeah. because you're really investing all of your energy, all of your time into learning the Word of God, and uh, and you're spending time studying everything from the, the the Bible and where it comes from, and Old Testament and New Testament survey, but also the life of it as well. Why faith and what we believe and why we believe it. So you come out the other end and you're confident yeah. in your God and you're confident in your beliefs, and I think that's really what's carried me for the rest of my life. Yeah. We're learning a little about my guest and co-host today, Felicia Limmer, who these days uh, is part of a leadership team at a C3 church on the Gold Coast. Uh, She's also in the business department Mm -hmm. at Christian Heritage College as a lecturer. Uh, She's got a master's in public relations. True. And um, she started off doing a speech therapy degree and then decided, no, I'm going to go to Bible college instead. Did you circle back to the speech therapy? Oh, look, I think at that point I finished, when I was was at Bible college, I ended up working for the church where the Bible college was. Right. And so during that period of time, actually, I I really love business. And even the business of running a church is Mm. exciting. So at that point, I was an executive assistant and running events. And so it was nothing, you know, massively exciting. But it was for me. It just showed me that there was world outside of speech therapy. Yeah. And to be honest, God's so good. When I came, when that opportunity came to go to Bible school, I was, I w- had been exceptionally excited about being a speech therapist. But the moment I made a decision to go to Bible school, all of that left me. Hmm. And I remember sitting in the lectures and thinking, I, I no longer should be here. This is not where I'm meant to be. Hmm. And so after I'd gone through Bible school for two years, that was an opportunity to really reassess and say, hey, God, where am I meant to be? What are the skills that you need me to have for my future? And that's where business came in. Hmm. Yeah. 
So you were Bible school for how long? For two years. Two years, and then in the working in the church after that. Yeah, that's right. And then some friends of of Murray actually, and I, I started to know them. They had come back from Bible school and wanted to start a church in Canberra, and so they asked us if we would go, and we said no. <laughs> too cold. We're too cold. We just <laughs> we've just got married. I think by that point, been married for maybe three months, and we said no. So um, he asked again, and we said no. And then he said, "Well, just a sec." Would you pray about it? And we oh, said, that's the clincher. Oh, right. Well, we hadn't bothered to do that, Phil. Yeah. Okay. So we sat down and prayed. And then again, that un, well, it wasn't me because I, a second ago I hadn't wanted to go, an incredible desire to go to Canberra and start mm. a church with them. Mm. And so we just knew that was God. So off we went to Canberra. And during that time, I needed a job and started working as a HR consultant for Telstra, of all places. Okay. And, and that's where it was, it was born. Started to work in business and think, actually, there's some great skills and great opportunities. Mm. Yeah. Um, and was it cold? I'm guessing. Freezing. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> that's why I'm here, I'm not in Canberra. We said we would go for two years. And at the end of two years, sorry to anyone in Canberra, but it was a bit cold for us. Yes, and you ended up back in the Gold Coast. We by did the sound end up, of that. yeah. yeah well, yeah. the weather's slightly nicer. Oh, a tiny bit. <laughs> Tiny bit nice. Canberra's a beautiful place. Stunning. And the traffic and it's everywhere you drive, it's easy to get around and beautiful. And this time of the year in particular, it's just absolutely gorgeous there, all the leaves turning and and everything else. Yeah. Um, Okay. So um, you found yourself there starting a church and also working. Yeah. That sounds like hard work to me. Yeah. And brand new married. So there was lots of challenges, but I can honestly say that was exactly where we needed to be at that point of time. And God's hand was over it. You can see so many miracles along the way. You know, on the way down there, we had a car accident, Phil, and there's, uh, we were, had all of our worldly possessions in this little um, van. Mm. <laughs> Not even a van, sorry. It was like a trailer at the back of our car. And the brake on the trailer stopped working. And so Murray was able to save, you know, and get us pushed up against the side of the, the road. It was an, down, down a hill on the way to Newcastle. Um, and when the RSEQ came to get us, they took us to the closest place to get it fixed, which was a little township called Morissette. Yes. And that's the only place in Australia I have relatives. Oh. My auntie's <laughs> there, my uncle and my grandma was there at that right. point. So I called my auntie and said, oh, hi, we're here in Morissette. And uh, they were able to get us a new car, get us sorted. And we had afternoon tea and then we're back on our way. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> to see the hand of God so many times, that's one of the many stories of God's hand just upon us during that period. It's better to be in the will of God. Mm. than anywhere else, mm. even if it's a bit challenging along the way. Well, I mean, sometimes things happen, and it's because of those things, other things happen. Yeah. So I think it's a good opportunity for us to realize, well, there's opportunity in everything, you know. It, it wasn't necessarily what I planned, but God, what do you want to do? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and you can see that in the Bible so many times. You know, the Apostle Paul, he's um, in a situation where he's, you know, shipwrecked. And he'd said to the guys, hey, I don't want to, I don't. I perceive we shouldn't go down this way. We're going to end up in, 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 a, in a storm. Mm. They end up in a storm. They're, they're shipwrecked. But God uses that. Yeah. He gets bitten by a stake. He shakes it off. It doesn't hurt him. People get saved. People get healed. And then he keeps going on the journey. Mm. Have there been other instances like that in your life where you know, something hasn't quite gone to plan and you thought at the time, oh, this is yeah. you know, not what I wanted, but it actually turned out to be something really good? Yeah, look, I think there are so many times in life where I think that happens. Um, there's, yeah, there's moments, I think, even um, where things have gone pear-shaped, where we've ended up, um, we, we sold a home at one point, and it was a difficult financial time. 
and I could see God um, put us into another situation where financially it was it got us through, and we were able to be protected and looked after, and 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 now we're back into our own home again. But there's been that season which I think was so challenging. But praise God for it. Mm. It taught us to trust in God. God always provides. Mm. And he provides brilliantly. Mm. And you can trust in him no matter what. And I think that's that's the good news. Now, kids, you have yes. four wonderful children. Well, three. Three. But a dog. So three like and a, a dog. Child. Oh, sorry. You were one of four. Sorry. I've got my wires okay. crossed there. <laughs> uh, three wonderful children. Let's get this right. And a dog. When did they come along? When did number one? Yeah, Life. look, um, Bella came along. We'd been married for about eight years and we had Belle. Um, and so she's now 15, which is amazing to say. She's telling me she's, you know, ready to get her license this year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so she's Scary. grade 10, yeah. Yep. And then Josh, he came along two years later. So he's now uh, just turned 13. And then Millie or Amelia, she's my youngest and she came across two years after that. So they're all about two years apart. Okay, 15, 13 and 11. That's Let's right. Let's just stop and pray for your household right now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I quite like, I think it's harder when they're littler for me. I find three under five was more yeah. challenging. Yes, that would have been very challenging. Yeah, that but, was when it was busy. So this feels like a breeze. So what do you reckon as a mum, as you look back you know, at your life today compared to before children? <laughs> Yeah, BC. There's a lot different, right? But but yeah. what's good? What have you learned? What what has that taught you? Oh, that's a good question. Patience. <laughs> I think I'm a much more patient person than I used to be. Although the kids probably still say I need more of that. I'm sure. Um, I think you've just learned to trust, and the importance of 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 teaching along the way, teachable moments. Mm. Um, I'm always reminded when the kids were little. Because one of the things that I get excited about is that idea that you can be led by the Holy Spirit and God wants to be involved in every part of your life. So when the kids would lose a teddy when they were three, you know, three or four, I would say, to them, okay, they're, they're in tears, they're upset. I don't know where the teddy is. It could be anyway, a house full of toys. We'd say, okay, stop. We're going to stop now. We're going to pray. And I want you to ask God to show you where the teddy is. Mm. And they would stop and they would do it. And I'd say, okay, now it's not going to be an audible voice. It's going to, you need to be quiet because it's going to be a still voice on the inside. You might get a picture of where it's going to be or an idea. I want you to go. And every single time the kids would find that teddy in ridiculous places, mm. things, places you would never find them. Um, but what's exciting is they would recognize the voice of God. And now I will talk to them. And Josh was in the car with my husband with Murray the other day and he was going to buy something. And he said, you know what, Dad? I don't feel like I'm, I should buy that today. I perceive that, that idea that, no, I shouldn't be. And he was talking about the voice of the Spirit. When he got there, actually, he didn't need it. And, and they, they explained why it wouldn't have been a good purchase for him. Um, and Bella will say to me, you know, um, I, I fed the bird for her and run out of water. And she said, oh, God told me that I should go and do that the other day. And I never did it. What are they doing? They're actually hearing the voice of God for themselves. Mm. And I'm sure it's happened because as a little kid, we, start young. we started it young. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so good. And, you know, it's amazing. You know, God will talk to little children. Oh, easier than us, Probably sure. much easier than adults. 100%. Yeah, look, we get to a point, Josh particularly, um, we would call Josh and say, Josh, I need you to pray. I can't find this or I can't mm. find that because he's just, he's such a great success rate and he's really switched on. And to the voice of God. And how awesome is that to hear and to think that's that's my kids. The other day on over Easter, the, the girls got a chance to get up at Easter United, which is a big event on the Gold Coast, and share the gospel to say this, speak about the, the Easter story. And for them to get up and to be able to really preach, you know, share the gospel mm. in front of all those people at 15 and at, at 11 is incredible. Mm. And I think, praise God for that. 
It starts young. Mm. And uh, to see them now take on their faith, that's the best thing a mum can see. Well, well done to you and Murray. Oh, uh, well, no, to God. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sunday Morning Together. It's great to have your company this morning. Now, tell me, um, Felicia, about your work with Christian Heritage College in uh, yeah. you know in business because you don't tend to think about uh, you know a, a Bible based you know institution teaching business no, but, it's, but yeah. it's it's really important yeah totally so you know Christian Heritage College is a, uh, a university level courses they they also they have the different different schools so there's the education school training up Christian teachers which you can understand yep. there's a huge need for the ministry college training up pastors and ministry, and then we've got our business school. And the business school is all about training people up so that they get their degrees. And yes, if you're going to be an accountant or in marketing or in business administration, whatever it is, exactly the same skill set that you would get from any other university, but on top of it, a Christian worldview. Mm. And so we say, you know, there is so much of a need for people to be in the marketplace, to be out there in business, who have an ethical mindset, who say, it's okay. What does God say about this piece of business that I'm doing? Or mm. how would Jesus do this? If he was operating in the marketplace today, how would that look? Mm. And so we, it's a great combination of the two. You end up with the the skills to be able to do business well, but also to be able to do it in a godly way. Yeah, it's a different question when you're in business, when you're a Christian and asking, you know, so. how would Jesus conduct this business? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> And yeah. you, know, you would say no to certain things and, yeah. and yes to others. Yeah, that's right. And how do I combine my faith with my calling? And it's awesome because lots of times in church we don't talk about that a lot, that you know, calling is more and more about ministry. Yeah. That's a really interesting point because we, we tend to elevate that. Oh, you know, if you want to be in ministry, you come and work at Vision, for example, or you, you go and be a pastor or something like that. Yeah. But the idea of being in business and that is ministry is just as valid and you know perhaps there's even more opportunity there well i think so and we say to one of this one of the courses i love teaching is a christian philosophy of business and in there we look at what a great opportunity really because there's so many people in in australia and the world who will never set foot in a church for various reasons mm. but you'll come into contact them through business. There's thousands of people who you will be, if you're sitting next to them in the workplace or you're dealing with them as a customer or you're selling to them, you will be their only Christ that mm. they will see, the only Christian that they know. What a great opportunity to equip you to be able to be Christ in that workplace. Mm. A few times today you've talked about this idea of hearing the voice of God or being led by the Spirit. Um, is there a moment in your life where you, you think back to go, yeah, actually that was a really you know, vivid example for me. Yeah, look, there is one. It's a little bit funny um, telling on myself, I think, Phil, here, because uh, <laughs> okay. I think often we learn from what when we missed it as much as when we actually get it right. So this is uh, not long ago. The, over the summer, I've been swimming some laps. Okay. Now, not Olympic style, so I don't want to talk it up, but, you know, going down to our local pool and doing Butterfly, some, probably. Oh, not. definitely. Yeah, <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of metres. But uh, but I, this this one day I'd got into the swimming pool and I got there early and I was ready to go and I'd started swimming. Uh, so it's a big Olympic-sized swimming pool, got, you know, quarter of the way down. Yeah. And I really just felt you need to stop and take your earrings off an odd thing. I was wearing these special earrings that my mum and my sister had given me for my birthday. Okay. Well, Phil, I don't go backwards and I'm pretty competitive. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. That just seems silly. So I pushed them in, put them under a swimming cap and I was like, I'll be right. Kept swimming. And I got to 45 minutes in and all of a sudden I, I just felt myself stop in the middle of the pool. I'm in the middle of this 50 meter pool. I stopped and I just felt you need to look for your ear and look at your earring. Put my hand out. It's gone, Phil. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that was unfortunate. 
Mm. That was actually God. It wasn't me, obviously, because I hadn't wanted to stop. Um, what am I going to do? You think it's a big pool looking around. Now lost my, my these special earrings. It was my own fault. God had tried to warn me. He cares about the little things. And I thought, look down. I looked right down, and at the bottom of the pool, I could see something bouncing on the bottom, and that was the earring. Mm. And I'd stopped exactly at that moment. You can't feel an earring when it leaves. I've lost so many in my life. <laughs> but I, I dove haven't, down. Haven't had the experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you I can honestly say you don't feel it fall. I've gone down to the bottom, got the earring up, and I can. I did go to the end, got out of the pool, put it away properly. But it was just a reminder to me of how subtle it is, the voice of God. Mm. And I think often we don't hear it because there's so many other voices in our world. Well, it, it actually leads me to the question I was just thinking about when you were telling that story of yeah. how do you know? It's like it's almost this fleeting thought yeah. of oh, take your earring off or stop here. Don't do that. How do you, do how do you discern you know, what's just you thinking versus maybe a thought from God. Yeah, well, look, there's a bit of both. It's a practice, and that's why we get the kids to do it young, practicing that, okay, I've got that thought now. And I remember a preacher telling the story about it and saying, often you can say there's different voices, aren't there? The voice of your head, and then there's the voice of your spirit. Well, if you can say, I don't want to do that, then it's probably not the voice of your head telling you to do something. Mm. Because in the natural, I didn't want to stop and get my earring off. So it wasn't me because I didn't want to do it. Mm. It was definitely God. Um, but it's practice. I remember I was up at CHC actually not long ago, and um, I don't think I've told anyone there actually if they're listening in, um, but I was in the office and I had a thought as I was leaving, you should go and check the toasters off. I thought, oh, I don't really want to do that because, again, I don't like going back, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Got my bag on. I'm about to leave. I thought, no, Fell, go and do it. So I went into the kitchen and the toaster was off, but the uh, the 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 machine that makes the toaster sandwich that was on, right, and boiling hot. Yeah, and I think I was the second last to leave for the day. Yeah, so quickly switched it off, made sure it was you know triple checked it was off. And I thought, praise God, that's that's the voice of God. It wasn't me, but it's those small things, and I think over time you become more and more familiar with it. And and then you become more sensitive to it. Mm. Yeah. How's that helped you then when it comes to big decisions? You yeah. mentioned before about you know yourself and your husband praying yeah. and having a, a turnaround on no, we don't want to move to Canberra to <laughs> yes, God, we're gonna go. Yeah. What about other big decisions? How do you wrestle with those in hearing God's voice? Yeah, great question. I think it's it's really and it's again it's it's something that you you wrestle with and you have to continually be prompting yourself to remind yourself to actually take the time to stop and ask God, but it's all about peace for me. So we'll be talking about something and um, and, and Murray might be, I want to do this, or I'll be saying, I want to do that. And one of us will say to the other, hey, let's stop and let's just wait and check if we've got peace about it. Mm. And it's often taking it at a slower pace mm. and making taking taking time to not make a decision on in a hurry. Allowing room. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's where people part fast and pray, isn't it, to give themselves time to actually Listen for the voice of God. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jesus went out into the wilderness. You know, 100%. And, uh, you know, having just been out in the wilderness myself last week, yeah. uh, out in the middle of Australia, True. and I remember standing there and just and looking around and thinking, wow, this was actually pretty similar to the kind of country Jesus was used to. Amazing. And the value of being there where it's quiet. Yes. Uh, and, you know, it's just a different environment to what you, you're used to. That's it really, you know, it sets the scene to be able to hear from God. Well, I think so. In February this year, I took time and I said, I'm not going to go on to Facebook or Instagram. I'm not going to touch them on my phone for the month. Hmm. And what a difference. 
just taking that time, that, that mind space that you normally fill in with so much. And it's so easy for us now mm. with our phones and we've got so many competing voices in our lives. So it's actually quite challenging to take that time. Mm. But what a great outcome. To be able to say, I feel peace about that and I can hear the voice of God. Yeah. Amazing. Worship, conversation, prayer and teaching. This is Sunday Morning Together on Vision Christian Radio. Well, we've come to that time of the morning where we're about to hear the best five-minute message you'll hear today from my guest and co-host, Felicia Limmer. And it's about hearing from the Holy Spirit today, I believe. Yes, you may have given away the punchline there, Oh, sorry. <laughs> not at all, not at all. No, we've just had Easter and uh, we've been talking about, you know, what happened during Passover and going into when Jesus died and was resurrected. But I love going back a little bit and seeing the number of times that Jesus gave his disciples clues, quite specific clues about what was going to happen. Mm. It's amazing. And he says one thing which I've always found un- incredible. If I was the disciples, I would find it hard to believe. And that's here in John 16. So in John 16, if you've got your Bibles there, turn to verse 7. Jesus is talking, it's in red, and he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Now that seems crazy. If you're a disciple, Phil, you're sitting there, you've got Jesus in front of you, he's healing the sick, he's raising the dead, he's, uh, he's getting coins out of the mouth of fish, if you, he's feeding thousands of people. Would you believe that there was an advantage that he's going to go away? Probably not. And even now, if we had Jesus on earth, how exciting would it be? You'd probably line up for, for days, maybe to get your ticket to be able to wait years to go and see Jesus. So what could he possibly mean here? So let's read the rest of the verse. Nevertheless, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And in John, earlier in John, he says here that the Holy Spirit, when I go and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you. The Holy Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. For he dwells with you now, and then he will be in you. And that's the Christian advantage, that even though when we had Jesus on the earth, there was one point of contact with God, you know now, we're all those contact points to God. And that because of the Holy Spirit, he's come and dwelled in, inside of us. We have contact points from the beginning of the earth to the end of the earth. It's round, so that's everywhere. We've got all of these Christians living with the Holy Spirit inside of them. And what's the Holy Spirit's job? That's pretty exciting. In John 16, it tells us what that job is. The advantage is that he's going to send the Holy Spirit as a helper. So he's a helper. For the world, he's going to convict the world of sin. So that's the Holy Spirit's job is certainly to convict those who need a a saviour, need Jesus to come. But for us, if you go down, verse 13, it's what's the Holy Spirit going to do for us if we're born again Christians? When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. In, uh, in one of the versions, it says, in the New Living Version, it says, he will tell you about the future. Now, that's pretty exciting, isn't it? That idea that actually you've got the Holy Spirit living inside of you and his job is to teach you things to come, to bring things to your remembrance and to actually show you what's going to 
to come in your future. We tell our kids that, you know, when they're, they're going into an exam, we say, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you. You've got this incredible advantage. Let's draw on that now, that he will bring things to your remembrance. He'll show you things to come. And everything that you've been studying actually will come back as you need it. And that, I believe, is the Christian advantage. It's awesome that we had Jesus on the earth. But when he went to the Father, he was able to send us this other helper. And we're able to tap into that as we've been talking about this morning by spending time with God and really getting to to a point where we we shut out the other voices around us, shut out the Instagram and the Facebooks and the, the, the many different things that are competing for our attention. But we actually listen to those I perceive moments like the Apostle Paul when he was standing there and he said he was on the shores of uh, of having to go on a boat to go down to to, to Caesar in Rome and, and he was going to share the gospel. And he said to his captors because he was under guard, guard at that moment, I perceive that this voyage is going to end in disaster. And they they pushed on. They went out anyway. And we talked about the fact earlier today that, you know, God did work that for good. But wouldn't it have been easier if they'd actually listened to the I perceive moment to begin with and just waited a couple of weeks, got on a boat and sailed peacefully to Rome. I'm sure everyone would have wished that they'd actually listened to that I perceive moment. And so my challenge for you today is that, is to listen for the I perceive, to take time this week to just sit in the presence of God, whether if you if you speak in tongues to speak in tongues or read the word, but take time to perceive because that's the Christian advantage. So why don't we pray together as we close up? Father, we just thank you so much that you sent Jesus and and we thank you, Jesus, that as you went up to heaven, you sent us the Holy Spirit. And this week, as we read your word or as we pray or as we spend time with you, we just ask you to be more alive on the inside, to be a stronger voice than ever before, to lead and guide us into all truth and to be the Christian advantage. And we thank you for him. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sunday morning together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Felicia Limmer is my guest this morning. And not only is in ministry at C3 Church at the top end of the Gold Coast, and not only is a lecturer at CHC in the business department there, mm-hmm. uh, but also you've got, a, you've got a marketing background, public relations. Yes. Big thing in our world these days, PR. Everybody's trying to spin something. <laughs> Some, somehow, and, and you know, how do you discern all that these days? You know, as, let's get yeah. the inside story here. Someone who has a master's in public relations, yeah. how does the average person actually look past all that and see truth? Oh, look, I think, thank goodness we have the Holy Spirit, really. <laughs> <laughs> There's some pretty good storytelling going on. I, I think now um, you, you have so many different voices in your world. And anyone can say anything mm. through through media or, yeah. you know, there's so many opportunities for people to speak whatever they think. Uh, and so for myself personally, I think the biggest thing is to be able to line up things with what I believe. Yeah. And so when I hear something, the first thing we say in our family all the time is, what's the source? What's the source of that? Yeah. The kids will come up with a fact they might have heard on YouTube or whatever it is. Yeah. We'll say, okay, well, where's the source for that? Is that truth? Is that truth or is that just someone's opinion? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. And even today, I mean, I've seen some pictures in the last couple of weeks that were made by artificial intelligence. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, yeah. the whole thing when Trump was arrested, there was a whole lot of pictures that came out of him apparently being you know, dragged off in handcuffs and so on. And yeah. the same thing, there were some other ones, Boris Johnson apparently being arrested by police. But they look very real, but they were yeah. 100% fake. So how do we navigate this? Oh, it's so difficult, isn't it? And I think as we get you know further into these days, it's going to get harder and harder. 
So again, I think it's really just about perceiving and really looking at where that's come from. Mm. And if you say, if you can't tell me where the original source was, and if that's not someone I trust, then that's not information that I'm going to believe. Mm. Yeah. So if it aligns to what you believe, you need to know what you believe. True. What disciplines have you discovered in your own life personally that have helped you to to know what is true and particularly to know God's word? I think that's such a great question. I think it, um, the biggest start that was sort of like a, a jumping board for me was going to Bible school. Uh, and I know not everyone has that that time, but I would suggest to anyone I say to my kids, if you can put a year aside or just some time, and there's so many different ways to access that now, but that Bible study, that that time with other people and people that you trust in your world, I think that makes a huge difference. And for myself, we, and, and I know Murray does as well, we use our car rides to and from work to listen to messages. Mm. So we have one or two people in our world that we really believe that they're teaching the word of God well and that that resonates with us and there's different flavors for different people and their their ministry is a flavor that we we trust and so I'll make sure that I listen to a couple of hours I've got two or three hours in the car every week that time I'm, I don't have a radio on not all the time obviously your vision radio <laughs> but otherwise I'll, right <laughs> but otherwise I'll have on a message and I'll make sure that I'm getting some really good quality teaching into my world not just on a Sunday morning Sunday morning together on Vision Christian Radio. Felicia Lima, thank you so much for coming in. It's been a bore. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. I've been inspired. Oh. Had a few laughs along the way. <laughs> it's been fun. Yeah, it has been has been good fun. Um, but normally we close off the program with a prayer for our nation. There's lots of things that we could be in prayer about. There's lots of things to celebrate about, uh, about this nation, and it's always a good thing to... lift our country up, lift our leaders up before the Lord. So would you mind leading us in that this morning? Yeah, I'd love to. Father, we just come to you now with your great nation of Australia. And Lord, I just lift up our leaders. You said pray for the leaders of your nation. So right now we pray for leaders at all levels. And we thank you, Father, that you have the right people in the right place at the right time, that you fill them with your wisdom, Lord, that you are preparing people even now for future leaders of our nation as well. That, Lord, that there are young people there who are filled with your spirit, that you're empowering and equipping to be the future leaders who we're going to need in the days and months and years ahead. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that our governments and our our cities and our leaders across big organizations are filled with those people that you've prepared and placed there for such a time as this. And Lord, we just thank you for every every person and for the people who are who are listening to this broadcast right now. Father, that you would use us to be your hands and feet across the nation. Lord, lead us and guide us in what it is that we can do to to be your your voice here in Australia, that this would be the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we remind you and we remember that this has always been said, that this would be a place of great revival in those last days. And we thank you, Lord, that's coming to Australia. We call it done. And we thank you, Lord, that everyone across Australia right now within the sound of my voice, Lord, from Western Australia all the way over here to Queensland and down to Tassie, that, Lord, you're blessing us to be a blessing to others. Use us. Help us to be your voice here in Australia. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm, Amen. Great prayer. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And look, thanks for coming in, being part of this on a a Sunday morning. wonderful. Uh, What do Sunday mornings normally look like for you? Yeah, look, an early start if we're part of the praise and worship team. So 
kudos to praise and worshippers all over <laughs> Australia uh, who do that Sunday day in and day out. Uh, setting out chairs, we, we don't have a permanent facility, so setting out chairs and getting things ready and, and then, of course, with the family, um, worshipping together. And then always lunch. I don't know what, what time you finish church, no matter what time it is, you're always hungry, Phil. I know. It, it could be 11, good. 11.30. 10, I think I'd still be hungry. It goes with the territory. It does, I think. Yeah, but food's always a good thing. <laughs> and, and here's a good encouragement. Invite somebody over for lunch. 100%. There's still time. Uh, in the East, it's, you know, you've still got an hour or so before lunch. You've got plenty of time to prepare for it uh, if you're in Western Australia. So invite somebody over for lunch today. What a great idea. This is a good idea. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Thank you. All right, that's uh, Felicia Lima, my guest this week on Sunday Morning Together. And I'll be back with you again next Sunday. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.